Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of Insurance Uncovered. This podcast is produced by the National Association of Mutual Insurance Companies and is your source for insurance news and perspective from thought leaders in the property casualty insurance industry. I'm your host, Kathy Imus, and today we're uncovering NAMIC's Award in Innovation, how a new program at Alpha Mutual develops emerging leaders and enhances company culture. And the National Flood Insurance Program is once again up for reauthorization, why the need to fund the program is now more urgent than ever. But first, Tropical Storm Hillary became the first tropical storm to hit Southern California in 84 years, prompting flood watches and warnings in half a dozen states. Hillary first slammed into Mexico's Baja California Peninsula as a hurricane, causing one death and widespread flooding before it became a tropical storm. So far, no deaths, serious injuries, or extreme damages have been reported in California, though officials warned that risks remain, especially in the mountainous regions where the wet hillsides could unleash mudslides. The devastation likely to occur is yet another reason why NAMIC continues to advocate for the reauthorization of the National Flood Insurance Program as part of the broader government funding legislation next month. Funding for the program has been successfully reauthorized 25 times since 2017, always as an included provision in government funding packages. The urgency could not be more important as natural disasters this summer continue to increase in both frequency and severity across the U.S. And this latest disaster comes as Hawaii's island of Maui is still reeling from a blaze that killed more than 100 people making it the deadliest U.S. wildfire in more than a century. While investigations into the cause of the wildfire are still ongoing, and it's not clear if the blame lies with the government-regulated utility Hawaiian Electric, emerging details indicate the state's main utility was slow to respond to the rapidly increasing risks that were made worse by climate change. A public action plan to address the wildfire threats to Lahaina remains pending with the regulator. Meanwhile, during a visit to the island, President Joe Biden told survivors the federal government would help Maui's recovery efforts, quote, for as long as it takes. More than 1,000 federal officials remain on the ground to respond to the wildfires. The administration has distributed more than $8.5 million in aid to some 8,000 affected families, including $3.6 million in rental assistance. The NAMIC Mutual Insurance Foundation has awarded more than $155,000 in scholarships to 31 students seeking an undergraduate degree in the property casualty insurance or risk management fields. 2023 scholarship winner Kaylee Campbell is a sophomore studying actuarial science at the University of Nebraska. She says the award makes all the difference to her future. I worked as an insurance inventory content specialist assistant in high school, and I was able to see firsthand the impact that insurance has on the lives of so many. This ability to make a difference, along with the analytical thinking that goes into the work, is why I'm interested in pursuing a career in the insurance industry. Thank you so much to the scholarship donors. Your kindness means the world to students like me, and I cannot express my gratitude enough. Your donation enables me to learn as much as I can to eventually give back to the industry. NAMIC's scholarships are funded through personal and corporate contributions only, so the program's success is dependent on those who want to encourage young people to explore the diverse and rewarding 
rewarding career opportunities in the world of property casualty insurance. You can play a part in supporting the next generation of insurance industry talent. Just visit NamicMutualFoundation.org to donate. Administrative support for the foundation is provided by Namico. Well, each year, NAMIC's Management Conference brings together CEOs, senior executives, and future insurance leaders to discuss emerging issues and trends within the insurance industry. A major topic of conversation at the event this past June was the future of work and how to attract and retain the best talent. That topic just happened to coincide with this year's overall winner for NAMIC's Award in Innovation. On today's Unscripted, our Neil Aldridge sits down with Alpha Mutual CEO Jimmy Parnell and Executive Vice President of Operations Tommy Koshat to learn about the company's innovative program to develop emerging leaders and enhance company culture. On today's Insurance Unscripted, we're joined by the Executive Vice President of Operations for Alpha, Tommy Koshat, along with CEO Jimmy Parnell. We're here today uh, at the NAMIC Management Conference in Quebec City, Canada, where Alpha was just awarded a big award. So congratulations, guys. Thank you. Uh, Alpha is the a winner in NAMIC's 2023 uh, Award in Innovation. So we're going to talk about the program that brought them this award, a little bit about Alpha for the listeners that may not know who the company is, uh, and then also uh, talk about what the, what the program is. It's a leadership academy, kind of the birthplace of it, how it got started, what, what you like about it, and what maybe others could learn from it. So we just want to kind of explore the program today and again offer our congratulations for winning. So let's start at the beginning, maybe Jimmy. So just sure. get a little brief overview of Alpha itself and sure. the company. Alpha is a 77-year-old insurance company started by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Uh, we're our Farm Bureau company. Uh, we write in our core states are Alabama, Georgia, and Mississippi. We write pretty much all lines in, the, in that area, personal lines. We're, we've gotten, uh, we have a life company, so we write life insurance. We uh, have gotten interested in uh, small commercial BOP type mm -hmm. policies that we've uh, decided as a diversity uh, play for us on revenue. Uh, so that's that's good. Uh, we're we uh, have a bit over 2,500 employees total. Uh, we have a second insurance company that we call Trexus. Trexus writes higher risk automobile insurance, and they are about 400 of our total employees. So. I see. That's great. It's a great operation. Long time NAMIC member. Uh, we appreciate your engagement, and we're, we're thrilled to recognize you. I saw Tommy last week at the Farm Bureau Executive Manager's meeting. He actually moderated. He had to suffer through <laughs> me speaking <laughs> as a moderator. So, Tommy, thanks for that. So, as I understand, so let's let's talk about the, the, the program we're recognizing today, Alpha's Leadership Academy. Give us the start. Where did this come from? What was the vision? Kind of just walk us through what, well, your, what your thoughts were. I was elected and inherited, I guess is the right word, an insurance company that had several challenges. One is our technology was very, very out of date. Uh, the other thing is we had a, had a culture that had developed silos within it. And we had groups that were really good and knew what they were doing inside their silo, but didn't really know about the rest of the organization. And in all honesty, probably we're not working together very well because of that. So we were trying to fix that. I had been involved in a, in a leadership program myself years earlier and saw 
how it brought the participants together that were in my class, and I thought, this might work here. So we, uh, we set out to find a, a, an individual and happened to find the, the right person the first time, a lady named Nicole Pinkham that came in and led the effort for a leadership development class. Nicole teaches a lot of uh, philosophy and understanding yourself so that you can lead in an organization. All of my uh, direct reports meet with that class, sit down with them and talk, and we get to talk about issues, problems, challenges, opportunities, all of those type things are open discussion with our people. So they get an opportunity to see into the whole organization. Also, I think it's important how we select the participants. Mm -hmm. Our early years, uh, it was kind of just me. And uh, as we developed the class and it got going, we got uh, more people involved that had been through the program. We started taking recommendations, but all of those recommendations still end up at my, my desk and I decide who's in the next class. So I'm looking for individuals and, and it's a fairly diverse group. They're not all young employees. Some mm -hmm. have been with the company a good while. So I look for a mixture of, of value so that they can learn from each other. And the main thing I need is for them to be from throughout the organization. So that did more to tear down the silo walls than anything. When they built a center of friends that were anywhere in the company that they trusted and knew like a book, you might say. So that they, they are very comfortable with each other. Then they started having success, and as we had more success, the program has kind of fueled itself. We have individuals that ask, how can I get in the program today? And it's, it's a kind of coveted spot. Uh, so it's, a, it's been a really interesting journey. Uh, we had a huge technology project going on at the time. Everybody knows how tough those can we be. We have one of those going on here at NAMIC right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. So te Technology's <laughs> tough. Uh, we were told by Ernst & Young that was helping us with the project that it was one of the five largest IT projects in the country at that time. We put it in fast, worked hard, and I like to work my people to death. Just <laughs> And I, and I understood that. So Everybody they needed was a little bit annoyed with each other. <laughs> they needed something to go with that, <clears throat> and and it, we were also addressing those problems that I mentioned earlier. And this leadership class kind of fit that that void. I'd I'd love for Sean, Tommy to share some some of his thoughts on that because he he watched it all happen. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Neil, thank you. We we do enjoy a a long and strong relationship with NAMIC, and so we can't be more pleased uh, with the recognition of this uh, innovation award uh, because we've seen how it's transformed the organization. But it's, it's so good uh, to have an outside entity uh, recognize that, that accomplishment. And so as Mr. Parnell said, the, the Leadership Academy certainly uh, was from his vision and his experience of being involved in a leadership program. And, and you know, when you invest in your people, they are more invested in your organization, and we've seen that. Uh, and so the leadership program, that's one pivotal purposes, is to invest in our staff and, and develop them as leaders and help them. And we've gotten feedback that not only has it helped them professionally, but it's helped them personally as well in, in their lives. And so when you have just more um, 
uh, investment in your people personally and professionally, you're going to get the, the return on that investment yeah. uh, for sure. Well, that's great. We all know that trying to attract new people to this business has its own challenges. So yeah. you need to keep the ones you have. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. The, t the talent gap and all of the different issues that we face with staffing at the Leadership Academy has been instrumental in, in helping us maintain a very low turnover uh, compared to the industry. And so it's really, really helped from that standpoint. And then also it's, it's helped just from the relationships. Uh, yeah, that's probably been the single most impactful part of Leadership Academy. Uh, as you know, innovation is yes about technology, but it's more about the people. Yeah. And that's what we've seen at Alpha is the innovation has been fostered and, and sourced from the relationships that our people have. Uh, you can get a vendor, you can hire a consultant, you can do all of that, but if you don't have the engagement, the empowerment, and the buy-in of your staff, that technology doesn't work. And so as Mr. Parnell alluded to, we were in the midst of one of the top five technology projects in the country back in 2015, and this is when the Leadership Academy started, and boy, it was really helpful to have the technology process and, and system transformation but getting the people aligned and breaking down those silos and everybody working together. Yeah, I don't know whether you're a genius or crazy to do both at the same time, but it's probably worked out pretty well. More it? people would describe me as crazy <laughs> than a genius. I don't know, but Neil, it's the culture. You know, yeah. it really is the culture of that collaboration and creativity, and that's what's fostered innovation, which is then spilled over into process innovation product innovation. I mean, that's our core business. That's what we want to do is serve our customers, not just have a party inside the company. Sure. We want to do that so that we can better yeah. impact and serve our customers. Yeah. And that's where we've seen the benefit. That's great. So you really have kind of operationalized this. It sounds that's like. right. It yes. is. It's, it's, it's throughout the company. Tommy mentioned keeping our, our employees and we have super employees. I'm, I'm just so proud of our people there. It's a tremendous team of People. But what I have found is that once you have that kind of team of people and this right attitude that we, I think, have, we attract other good people. And they, they come in to visit or interview and they just, it's contagious and they want to be a part of it. So we, I'm not telling, we're not looking for people, but we have a, a, a pretty full stable right now of people. We've got what we need and it's working. That's good. So how many have gone through the program? Well, about 100 people right okay. now. We've just uh, graduated our class eight in the last two weeks, mm -hmm. I think. And uh, we're in the early stages of selecting the next class. It'll start later this fall. Finding the right size for your class is, is uh, if, some, if I was talking to someone else, I would tell them that's the, the challenge. <clears throat> Early on, I, I probably got too aggressive and I was going through my people too fast. Uh, so you have to kind of find the right mix. Uh, okay. we, we're now at about 12. That, that class size appears to be really good. It, there's a, a lot more conversation happens if you're in that range. Yeah. We were in the 16, 17 range to begin with and you kind of begin having two groups at times. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we think 12, 10, 12, probably the right number. That's interesting. That's one thing I was going to ask you. That's one of the things you'd pass on to others if they were looking at something. Yeah, and, and something, yeah. something else I would, I, I think the class size is important for that development of trust as well. And we've really seen that permeate across organization. And one of the benefits of the academy is building that trust. There's, 
there's people that uh, didn't really appreciate or understand what another department uh, does, but part of the academy and, and the diversification is not just tenure, but it's cross-functional. All different departments get representatives. And so what that allows us to do is expose other departments to other departments, and they, they learn to appreciate that we need all the players on the team uh, and all the different skill sets. And what that's done is broken down those silos, encouraged creative thinking, because you can't collaborate unless you have a high degree of trust among people. And w that has been the single most important part. It's important practically, too, that every graduating class then has a mentor from a previous class. So that keeps the level of engagement from all classes. It makes it somewhat across the classes is uh -huh. the way it works. Yeah, that's really great. Do you, uh, are there particular things that you point to? Like, we, we used to not do that, and now we do that because of this academy. Is there like an example you could cite? We have a whole list of things that I was told when I was elected, we can't do that. We, don't, we really don't have a list like that anymore. The list today is of all those things that they told me we couldn't do. Uh -huh. And uh, that's from the attitude. It's a mindset. And you credit this for a lot of that It's change. a big part of that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's huge. I mean, there's, there's so many things that I was told we couldn't do. One was sell across state lines. Our sales management uh, individual, he, he's been with the company nearly 37 years. He said the year he was elected that was or hired that was something they wanted him wanted needed the ability to sell across state lines well today we have that we had never i was told i couldn't do that there was no way to do that you'd have to have them licensed our computer system would all right. screw up with two different Such states a yeah. 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 yeah but it's done yeah. i mean uh, and that, that's been the mindset shift in the culture is, I think we're all guilty, all organizations are guilty of kind of just stagnant and, and accepting that this is kind of how we've done things, right? The Leadership Academy has really fostered a culture now of, I know, but if we were gonna do it, how would we do it? And I know people now that I can collaborate with and, and the launch pad is kind of our physical space that we call where that's kind of the meeting yeah, area. Yeah, it's actually a thing. It's it, it, a is, room. it is a room. It's a room with a sign on the door. And, and the launch pad obviously has connotations of that's where we're going to take ideas uh, and launch them and implement them. Ideas are easy, right? Yeah, yeah. Ideas are very easy. But following through and implementing them and executing on it, uh, that's where the, the rubber meets the road. Well, that's really interesting because there's a lot. I, I, I get the sense that you probably maybe you do spend more time, I get a sense you spend a lot of time on leadership in the academy, or you call it the Leadership Academy. Correct. I, I, I assume you have some insurance stuff sure, in sure. that discussion, but I get the sense that most of it is about leadership. It's mostly about leadership. But the mm -hmm. launch pad is likely about insurance stuff. Yeah. Right? Right. But it's all, but you take those skills and you, you translate it into now, okay, now we know how to lead this yeah. thing. What are we going to do now? Yeah, Neil, it, it's really, uh, the launch pad is not only uh, the space that is used for our Leadership Academy training, but also our leadership uh, corporate strategy planning mm -hmm. uh, meetings as well. So it just, it creates an environment to where we're always looking ahead, always looking forward. Uh, and that's the idea behind the, even the name, mm -hmm. uh, the launch pad. Well, listen, it's, it's an exciting program. It's exciting for me to hear member companies you know, this industry gets sort of tagged with this sort of sleepy moniker. You know, we've, sure. we've got, you know, the average 
age of NAMIC member companies is over 100 years. You're, you guys are almost like teenagers, 77 uh, companies. And we, you know, we get this moniker right. of being slow to change. And you know, I, I kind of think the pandemic and the way we pivoted as an industry to change the way we work probably put some of that to bed. But there's still this sort of myth around the mutual insurance industry that it's this old, slow yeah. moving industry. And these examples that just show one thing after the other, that's not the case. I'd love to talk about it. I can yeah. talk about it all day. And so we really, you know, really uh, glad to recognize it. Everywhere you go, I don't care what company you talk to, they talk about their people. Mm -hmm. And most of them probably truly believe they've got good people and quality and they're proud of them, that kind of thing. This has made it more obvious that we care about our people and that, that our people make a difference. And uh, that that time, that effort we spend on them is 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 a huge reward to them for yeah. being a part of this organization and they buy in 100%. Well, that's, that's terrific. And Neil, I would like to add too, as uh, Mr. Parnell cast this vision eight years into this Leadership Academy, it's had a ripple effect uh, that we could go on and on and on and talk about. But I mentioned strategy and the development of our core four values has been very important and an offshoot of this Leadership Academy. And those are faith, family, integrity, and community. And that has really um, helped the engagement of our staff. Uh, that was a ground roots uh, uh, process. We did surveys and those were the four principles that repeatedly over a number of years uh, bubbled up as the core four values of our organization. So we didn't do it from the boardroom down. Mm -hmm. It was our employees up to say, who are we? Yeah. And we're really proud of those core four values. No, no. Well, listen, thanks again for being here. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. And that's all for this week's episode of Insurance Uncovered. We'll be back again on September 6th with more insurance news. Until next time, I'm Kathy Imus. Have a terrific day.